Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. And the Bible says, as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. We're living in a world that is blurred, that is scarred and distracted and will pull us out of where we ought to be and where we should be going. How many know that God is a God of interruption? God is a God of interruption. You know we're in Second Chronicles chapter 7, yes? And we're looking at what it means to be God's people. We humble ourselves and we pray. But in the middle of this week that I've been studying, God interrupted me. And he interrupted me before the storm came. You know, he'll do that. You know, it's dangerous for us to have to hear God's word and not respond. But it's even more dangerous to have been around Noah and watched Noah doing what he was doing and began mocking him until it was too late. Noah, what are you doing? Noah, what are you doing? We're building an ark. You're building an ark for what? For rain. For rain. We've never seen it. The interruption that the Spirit of the Lord has placed in my heart for today, this message for this house and for the body of Christ is simply this. Are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ? (laughs) One or two things are going to happen in your lifetime. Either your departure or His return. It should be something that you think about every day in life. Is he coming today or could this be the day that I actually am complete in this world and I go home to be with the Lord? By the way, not everybody's going home to be with the Lord. Let me explain it to you this way. Just because they saw the ship, just because they saw the ark, that didn't mean they were going to be on the ark. Let me break that down. Just because you're in the house of the Lord or you're in a house where God's word is being declared, it doesn't have to be here. It could be anywhere. That does not mean you're in the family of God. I was reading an article this week about the enormous responsibilities that true men and women of God have when we have been given something from the Father to give to the people that we've got to make sure that we get that to the people of God. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days that we're looking at right now. So I want to make sure you get this this morning. There will be people in your lifetime who will mock the return of the Lord. They will laugh at the return of Jesus Christ. Like, I've heard that message so many times, he hasn't come, he's not coming. They did that to Peter and he wrote about that. But if Jesus doesn't come in your lifetime, you will be departing from this world. And so this morning, in just a moment, the question that God's going to be asking is this. Are we ready? Am I ready for the return of Jesus Christ? My dad used to preach many, many times. I remember his messages on the imminent return of the Lord. And I was a mocker 
Because you know what imminent means. At any moment, he could come. Well, I'm definitely past 21 and he hasn't arrived yet. The flesh, listen closely, the flesh mocks the word of God. (laughs) The flesh and all of its brilliant wisdom on this earth, not heavenly wisdom, laughs at the prophetic word of the Lord. There's a Messiah coming, they used to say. And then when he arrived, they still still didn't even know that he was their Messiah. They being the Jews. So I'm fully aware this morning, not only in this house, but wherever this goes out, there will be those who will go, sure, right, really, when? Not in my lifetime. In fact, my theological position is is that he's not coming. We're going to be establishing the kingdom here for him. Boy, if that isn't Jewish poetic justice, I don't know what is. That was their whole reign. That was their whole area of thought. We're going to build this because now we know who is the king. Jesus is the king. So we're going to build the kingdom. Listen, he establishes the kingdom in you. It's his work, not our work. Wow. So this morning, the message, as we take a break, as he ex- I accept the interruption of the Spirit. We're going to take... We're going to take a break from being humble and praying. By the way, the more you pray, the more you'll be willing to accept interruptions. And the less you pray, the less you will accept the interruptions of the Spirit of God. Whew, the Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. So if you're agitated and aggravated by people who have interruptions, that means they're praying and you're not. Because there's a day coming when your life will be interrupted. Either with your departure or his return. Are you gathering this morning the word of the Lord? I have no guarantee that I'll be here at the close of this day and neither do you. Nor do we have the guarantee that this could be or could not be the day in which the father says to the son, go get my bride. By the way, the father knows the hour. The church doesn't know the hour. So don't accept prophetic words from people who try to tell you the hour when we do not know that hour. But as a messenger of the Lord, I've got to tell you to be ready. Because as my good friend Almond Gunner likes to say, every day is game day, especially when you think about eternity. So this morning, what are you playing for? And that's not a sports question. What are you living for? Well, the reason you're thinking of that is because of maybe where you are as an individual. No, it's because the Holy Spirit interrupted me and said, tell my people to be ready. Being ready means you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That you really know that you know that you know that when your life is done here, you have a reservation there. Because the day is going to come when we will leave this life. I'm looking across the audience and I see some athletes and I want to remind them that little did these two football players know back in the summer that as, as incredible college athletes and kickers at two universities that together they would be in a car accident and this was going to be their last summer. 
Because a lot of times we look across audiences or out into society and we see people who may be old or frail or in our mindsets we see them as being ready to exit. Little do we know that death doesn't respect age. So this morning, the Spirit of the Lord is here. That would be the Holy Spirit. And He is asking us a very simple question. Are you ready? And then He wants to extend that. Are your children ready? Are your family members ready? You know, it's one thing to have tickets to your favorite, wherever that happens to be. But are tickets prepared and have they been given to your loved ones? Are you ready? Are they ready for the return of Jesus Christ? There's no do-overs. There's no replay. You don't hit the pause button and go, give me 30 seconds. I'll correct all of my life decisions. I want to encourage you this morning not only to go, yes, pastor, I'm ready for the return of Jesus Christ, but extend that. What about your children? What about your family members? What about your co-workers? What about those who aggravate and agitate whatever climate and situation you walk in? Are they ready to meet Jesus Christ? Not only are you and I accountable to the Lord for our lives, but for those who are in our circle and who we influence, they also will be on your card. Did you let them know the importance of being ready? In our worship this morning, I love the interruptions of the Holy Spirit. He had me jot this down, and we're going to see if we're willing to respond to what we worshiped in. How many know that true worshipers go beyond song? (laughs) They go with lifestyle. How many know that this world wants you to be obsessed with it? As it was in the days of Noah, are we? Are we obsessed with the things that Noah's people had? Or are we willing to say, you know what, I've heard the voice of the Lord and I'm going to do what God told me to do. Boy, you know, that's going counterculture. See, we're so used to seeing ships, especially after this weekend, and boats that when we try to envision in our minds There was a time when there was never a ship, there was never an ark, there was never a boat. It's hard for us to visualize that. But if God hadn't spoken to Noah, Noah wouldn't even know how to build that. He had no blueprint. He had no blueprint. So he had to wait upon the Lord to get the blueprint so that he would build it just the way Father wanted it built. There's a blueprint for your life. Are you allowing God to draw that up so that you can build your life according to how he sees you, not others? So this morning, in our worship, and I'm just wondering how many would like to stand in just a moment and say, you know what, I want to have an obsession for God. Listen, Now unto them that look for him shall he return. That's scripture. And God's word doesn't lie. So if I'm obsessed with God, I'm thinking about God, I'm dwelling upon God, and I'm looking for his return or my departure. That's called obsession. Doesn't matter what's going on in the stock market. Doesn't matter what's going on in the business world. It doesn't matter what's going on in the educational world or the philosophical world or the sports world. Your obsession is on Jesus Christ. 
And you think about the coming of the Lord, i.e., Mark Rick down in Miami has handed out to every one of his athletes a Bible. Didn't matter to him what the government had to say about that. He handed out to every one of those student athletes a Bible. Now, why did you bring that up? Because he knows his sphere of influence is right there in the locker room. And he wants to make sure that they understand, here's your way through all of your trials and tribulations. The book. God's Word. So that would be a person with an obsession. That would be a person who's carrying out the mandate that God's placed on his life. Your arena may not be a coach, but your arena is something very special to the Father, and he wants you to carry that out so that when you get home, you can look around, and home is not where you dwell right now. Hopefully, I'll get to that passage this morning where it says that your citizenship is not in this world. You've been pre-marked for heaven The reason I sometimes will go, gosh, Lord, is because on the inside, on that other track, I'm asking him, Holy Spirit, are they getting this information? Because most people see themselves as citizens of this world. You are not citizens of this world if you have been birthed in his kingdom. The best is yet to come, and it may not even happen in this life. I shared with Robin the other day two missionaries in the state of Kentucky. Their names were Miss Grace and Miss Doris. They worked in the mountains of Kentucky. None of you know them. None of you have ever heard of them. But I can only imagine what the rewards must look like on the other side. But see, we validate people here based on what they've done. What we've seen them do. But what really validates a person is what the Father has called them to do. And they do what the Father called them to do. (laughs) Now listen... They made fun of Noah. They're going to make fun of you too. When you start building an ark of recovery for your family. When you build an ark of recovery for people so that they can bypass the storms of life. Because he is your shelter. Sometimes I wish God would allow me to be outside the church more so I could use language that people would really understand. Why do we try to act like we're so bad until the storms come? And then all of a sudden, we begin crying on the name of the Lord. We ought to cry out on the name of the Lord when everything is going right because we then know automatically everything's going to be fine when we're in the darkest days of our lives. So I wonder this morning how many of you would like to respond because I want to speak a word of the Lord over your lives this morning. Here's what the Spirit of the Lord asked me to jot down. He will restore your desires as He becomes your obsession. Let me read that again. We, we sang that. That was a worship song, but are you a worshiper? Oh, man, the Spirit of the Lord is here. It's nice to worship together, but will I become a worshiper to where I begin to cry out, God, fulfill the desires of my heart, but only based on my obsession for you. That's how God thinks. Why would he want to fulfill my desires if I'm not obsessed about him and his kingdom and eternity? This world is temporary. Let me explain it to you this way. For all of you that are going after the marbles of life. I walked into the shed yesterday to help Joshua out on some things. And I looked over in a basket and there were a bunch of plaques. 
all stacked up in an old box. And I kind of looked at him and, and I thought of Muhammad Ali. When he said, and I quote, I had the whole world and it ain't nothing. And I looked at all those plaques and those memories and I thought, wow, look where they are today. And all your stuff is going to be the same way if you're not obsessed with the presence of the Most High God. It's frightening and dangerous to walk in and you go, you mean this is what I was working for? You mean this is what really... Everything should point towards eternity. Everything should point towards the finished work of Jesus Christ. Everything should point to, I'm building an ark so that others can get on and go safely to the other side. Because like the old motto said so many years ago, only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. But man, I had a home here and I had a home there and I had a home there and I flew everywhere and I did this and I bought this and I sold this. Really? Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Pastor, you're preaching to the, to the congregation, to the audience, to the chorus, to the choir. Listen closely. Are all your family members in the ark this morning? And so I was asking the Lord, how do I connect this? Because that's what we always do, ask the Lord. How do we connect this to what you're saying in regards to prayer? If I have family members and loved ones and friends and colleagues and former athletes and students in school right now, am I praying for them that they will get into the ark? Let me freak everybody out this morning. Not one time have I ever prayed in this community, God send those people who I work with to where I preach. Did you all get that? Not one time have I ever prayed. All those kids I worked with at the schools, all those parents that I've talked to, God send them to where I preach. I've never prayed that. That's got bad motives. It's got hidden agendas. The Spirit of the Lord is here. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about all the things that we do and gather. It's about His kingdom that will persevere and will be there throughout eternity. It is about the Ark of Covenant. Oh, my. The Ark of the Covenant. People got in trouble for touching the Ark of the Covenant when they shouldn't have touched the Ark of the Covenant. Are you building the ark for your children? Are you building the ark for your extended family members, your loved ones? Are you building an ark for those who you work with? Are you laboring in prayer over them? Not that they would walk with you, but they would walk with... Oh, Jesus. Walk with Him. Come on, church. Come on, church. The best thing that you could ever say about any pastor would be this. He never pointed us to him. He always pointed us to him. Yes. Yes. Because you're going to see him face to face. What about your children? Are they ready to meet the Lord? What about your family members? Are they ready to meet the Lord? There's a heaven, and I've said it before, and it's because it's kind of a cliche that kind of sits down deep in our hearts. Listen closely. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I don't believe in that. Then you don't believe in Jesus. Because he taught more about hell than he did heaven. I mean, I was a freak when I used to coach because I didn't like losing. Why would I want to be a minister of the gospel and lose people to eternal damnation? 
Really? Sports over eternity? Are you serious? Are you here this morning and you have no relationship with Jesus Christ? The storms of life are coming. Hi, Matthew. I'm talking about the hurricane. And maybe you have been able to get through the hurricane, but maybe others are not doing so well. What are we doing about building an ark around their lives so that they can come into the presence of God? They don't even have to come to forward. They just got to get in his house. The ark. So this morning, I want to ask you again, are you ready to meet Jesus Christ? Are you ready to meet the Lord? What about your family? Well, they've heard about Jesus. No. Why don't you call them? Why don't you ask them? Why don't you get involved and say, hey, are you ready to go home? Home? Yes, I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock. No, no, I'm talking about eternity. I know there's a weightiness to this this morning. There's a weightiness to this message. There's a heaviness to this message because we don't play with eternity in view. We play with the moment in view. I saw our daughter walking through the cafe this morning and the Holy Spirit buzzed me. How long has it been since he buzzed you? He buzzed me and asked me to bring her over to where Susie and I were standing and I again gave her a prophetic word. Do you have people in your life who are prophetic? (laughs) Who speak the word of the Lord and give you counsel so that you will know that the promises of the Lord surely will come forth. Noah received a word from the Lord, a promise from God, and he built an ark. Jesus is the new Noah of a new covenant. And he's built an ark for people to come in from all walks of life, from all race, from all gender, from every nation. He has built an ark for people to come in. And all the labels that we... (laughs) Education's not the only one guilty. Denominations are guilty with labels. He's not interested in any of our labels. He just wants to make sure that the blood has been applied to the heart of that individual and that they have access and entrance into the ark. And even if there's a few animals in there, get there. Literally, animals. Come on, church. Noah, animals. And there are some animals who are humans, too, meaning they are really crazy, whacked out, cracked up. But the doors have been opened because he is the door. The way has been made because he is the way. That's John 14, 6, church. So even though we may look at them through different lenses, they have as much right to come into the kingdom as we were brought into the kingdom. Just because they may have tattoos all over their body and just because they may walk into a building with no, no shoes on their feet or they have hair or they have no hair and they've got rings everywhere and rings where you can't see, but they're there. They have as much right in the kingdom as you. Woo, good preaching this morning. This is called differentiated instruction. <laughs> That's not a big thing. The church primarily builds its congregation on those that are already there. 
But let's just go to the animal scene. There were two of every kind. So there ought to at least be two that's coming in all the time into the kingdom from all walks of life. Our ministry is, by the way, really what this is is a rally. All this really is is a motivational, are you ready for the return of Jesus Christ or your departure? Your true ministry is outside these walls. And let God place people exactly where he wants them. It's his kingdom, not ours. Come on, church. (laughs) Jesus only had one agenda when he came here. He was motivated by only one thing, the will of the Father. Once Noah got the blueprints, he became so locked in, it didn't even matter what they were saying or what they were doing. It didn't matter. It didn't matter about all the drama. There was drama back there, church. This is not new. In fact, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Noah put up with so much stuff, but it did not change the blueprint from heaven, and it didn't change the way he was building what God called him to build. And let me tell you, he was the forerunner of the life of Jesus Christ. And Jesus came with the new covenant. He was in the old covenant. The new covenant gave him, Jesus, the opportunity to open up so that we might be able to come in. This community, this tri-county area, state and nation, they need to hear the good news. There is a Redeemer. There is a Noah. There is a place that you can run to for safety in the midst of your storm. Hold on. I I love just flow with the Spirit of God. Listen, don't grade me, grade you. Don't grade this message. Grade yourself. Every teacher gets an evaluation, but every student gets a report card. Instead of grading what I'm doing, why don't you grade what you're doing? Grade what you're doing with the Word of the Lord. Our Are you ready? Am I ready? Could be today. Could be tomorrow. What about my children? What about my children's children? What about your loved ones? You've already said that, Pastor. There's an urgency in the kingdom that we get the good news out. That the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse from all sin. All sin. Tell people out on the highways and the byways of life, God has already forgiven you. Step into that forgiveness. Spirit of the Lord is here. (laughs) 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 I have to share this with you. And by the way, it's not right there. There was just two things that God asked me to jot down. Someone asked Urban Meyer the other day, why is it functioning so well? Because these kids turn over every two to three years. Here's what he said. Everybody's on the same page and all units function as one. I immediately said, picture of the body of Christ. What are you doing? Why do you talk like that? Are your children on the same page of this message this morning? Are your loved ones functioning as one unit in the kingdom of Jesus Christ? You can't lose when you're on the right page. 
You can't lose when you're unified in Christ. The enemy's goal is to divide the body of Christ to conquer the body of Christ. Isolation is destruction. That's why God made sure at least Noah's family would be on that ark. Isolation is destruction. So I want to give to you these two nuggets, and then we'll see how far I go with the message. This is all prelude. Oh, my God. We'll be here until Jesus comes. Pray for the rapture, church. (laughs) Out of that worship this morning, the Spirit of the Lord asked this. He will restore your desires as he becomes your obsession. Pastor, you already said that. Did you not know that through repetition we grow? The more that we can hear a principle, a practical principle of God's word, the quicker we can put that into process and we can grow. In a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to stand if you would like to flip the switch this morning and step into an obsession for God. I'm not talking about being weird or strange or where people scatter when you show up. An obsession of Jesus Christ will melt your heart will melt your will, will give to you the mind of Christ so that in any situation you will be able to go, this is what we need to do. He will restore your desires as he becomes your obsession. How many of you are carrying desires that you'd love to see God fulfill in your life? You have some desires that are not yet met, not yet fulfilled? I want to invite you to just stand because here's what's going to happen. When we stand out of that worship, God's going to see you as a worshiper who desires to be obsessed with the one who came to be the Noah in your life. And his name was Jesus. Wow. Wow. Father, across this audience and those that will be listening, Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name that you are, I never saw it till today, you are the modern Noah out of the old covenant. God, I thank you this morning that you stand before us and you've given to us your son, Jesus Christ, and you will meet all the desires and needs of our lives if we will have a brand new obsession with Jesus Christ where we are so emphatic about his love and his mercy and his grace that we will reach out into the highways and the byways and there will be a compelling that will come forth from our lives in the name of Jesus let the urgency of the hour fall upon the church and may our desires be strengthened as we have a brand new concept of a holy obsession with the son of man the son of God who was on the cross who created the ark of protection throughout all eternity thanks be unto God for the ark of the covenant. Thanks be unto God that in every storm you will give us a rainbow. I now speak a release of the rainbow of God, the blessings and the promises of God over your people in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Go share a rainbow with someone before I give you a couple more pieces. What the heck's he talking about? Go, go share with somebody the rainbow. I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God for this. I'm standing on the promise of God for this. The rainbow showed up for Noah and he knew it was safe. Go share a rainbow moment. 
Let somebody know, guess what God's doing now in my life? Father, we bless you this morning. Father, we bless you this morning. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, let there be a rainbow over someone's situation, someone's circumstance. Let there be a rainbow. The reminder of your promise that you've given to someone. Let there be a rainbow in their lives, Father God. Let there be a rainbow in the midst of the rain. Let there be a rainbow in this house. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I know that may have been a little bit new for some of you. But it's amazing when we actually see a rainbow, we're reminded of the promise that God made with Noah and his family. Has God given you a promise? Stand on it. If God has given you a promise, stand on that promise this morning. Hear the word of the Lord. Are you ready for his return? I want to do this within the next 15 minutes. I'm just going to begin begin this and we'll see if the Lord wants me to come back to it. Hey, let me give you an encouraging word from the Father this morning because I'm always griping towards Him at times. Hello. Like, I have more messages that I've started than I've ever finished. And when I was barking at Him the other day, come on, act like you know what I'm talking about. Every one of you have barked at Him. I said, Lord, what about all the messages I never finish? And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, it's more important that I finish the work in them than you finish your message. Okay, I'll back off. Okay, I'm good. Because there is an urgency. I was uh, uh, taken back by how Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, up the coast, how everyone was responding to the potential danger of Hurricane Matthew. But let a man or woman of God stand up and say, Jesus is coming again, and we act like it's no big deal, like nothing changes. It was Governor Scott who said something along these lines. People were going to die. Individuals could lose their lives in regards to Hurricane Matthew. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say prophetically, there are going to be masses of people who are going to spend eternity in hell if we don't get the hell out of these buildings and get out there where they are. And give them the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dr. Billy Graham said, God uses natural disasters to remind us to depend upon him and each other. This is the greatest hour that we are in where we can actually depend on him, have an obsession with God, and then turn to each other and go, how can I help you? What do you need? In a few moments, I'm going to close the message and uh, Billy Graham's uh, daughter is going to share an incredible few moments. And I want you to be able to watch that by video as we close the message. Well, church, Jesus is coming. Are you alert to his signals? In Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, it says this, Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. He is coming again, church. 
And maybe you've been in a house and maybe you've been in the body of Christ and it's been a while since you've heard a message on the coming of the Lord. I'm simply telling you this morning, Jesus is coming again. It wasn't too long ago that Bradley made a trip back to Ohio to uh, be a part of a funeral for a young man who just graduated from high school and he's no longer here. I don't ever, ever, ever want to stand before people and specifically God's people by you. Did you see how I layered that? People, then God's people, and ultimately before God and to say, everything's okay. Everybody's going to be okay in the sweet by and by. That's kind of what they said on 9-11 on those flights. Everyone remained calm and everyone remained safe. We're going to return to to the airport. Everything is not going to be okay if the church does not get the message out. Everything's not going to be okay for those that have not given their hearts to Jesus Christ. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 it says, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to know he was fully man and he was fully God. Waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, I want you to put your hope in the coming of Jesus Christ. I know there's a lot of people that put their hope and confidence in the 15th or the end of the month or the first of the month, and here comes my check or here comes my retirement plan. Put your hope in the coming of of the Lord. Put your hope in the coming of the Lord. I will, I will, I will. Put your hope in the coming of the Lord. I was saying I will, I will because the Holy Spirit said, say it again. But I'm as much human as you are and sometimes it's like I don't want to hear that again. But when the Holy Spirit says, say it again, say it again. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Billy Graham said, Bible teaching about the second coming of Christ was thought of as a doomsday preaching, but not anymore. It's the only ray of hope that shines as an ever-brightening beam in a darkening world. Ladies and gentlemen, what I have seen over the last 30, 35 years just in this community alone tells me that we live in a very dark world. And this isn't even a major city. Our hope is in the coming of the Lord. Someone was wondering about citizenship. I honor the United States of America. I stand and salute the flag and I love the national anthem. But my citizenship is not down here. I wanted to do this so much the other day. I had a young lady come up to me at school and she said, uh, uh, Mr. Weber, is there a way that you can help me? I said, sure, what is it? And she said, I'm not a citizen in the United States of America, and I want to be able to get a job, and I want all the things that others have. I said, we'll look into it. But inside, I wanted to switch gears, and I wanted to ask her about true citizenship. It's one thing to live in America. It's another thing to dwell here, but know that home is heaven. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 says this, Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Your citizenship has already been secured. 
has already been settled. If you have come to the foot of the cross and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, it's great to have you in this house today, but it's even greater to know that you have home reservations in heaven and that your name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have a question for you as we move to the finish line this morning. Do you know that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life? How dangerous it is for me to remember the years of coaching and how passionate I was and how deep I was into the game. But I won't be passionate about your well-being and your eternal well-being. Listen, even while I'm preaching, the enemy is in this house to deceive you that you are okay. You must be born again. Oh, well. told kids all the time, if you don't shoot the ball, it will never go through the hoop. If you do not confess the name of Jesus Christ, you are not in the kingdom. Stop playing with fire. Stop playing with the world. Come out and be separate, saith the Lord. That was scripture. God Almighty. Where's the church? And I'm not talking about forward. I said the church. That means the body of Christ. Seriously, think about it. And please, replace my profession with your profession. How is it that you can be so passionate about whatever you do, but you're not passionate about the lost? You have no obsession for Christ. What about all those kids that I've worked with just in the four years at that particular school? What about all those kids? What is the percentage of kids that are still not ready to meet the Lord? I am responsible for that. One more verse. Glory to God. I I told you there's a heaviness in this message today. There's a heaviness about preaching about the return of Jesus Christ. Either your departure or his return. And one of those will happen. Matthew chapter 24 verse 30 and 31 for our last verse. And then we'll be ready for the interview. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. Father, I'm looking for the sign. And may I just connect this. Would you please bear with me? Quarterbacks in the middle of the field. Watch this. Your life in the middle of the playing field looks over to the sideline to get a sign from the coach to run the play. Are you looking to heaven for the sign? I'm just wondering. Spirit of God. Jesus Christ. I'm willing to look to the sideline to a human being for a sign, I should look upward, upward, up, 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 look away, look away, look away, and get a sign from heaven. Once you have that sign, declare the sign. Here's the sign from the weekend. He's coming again. He's coming again. You may go or he may come, but he's coming again. And are you ready? Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So much for Washington, so much for the Middle East, so much for any country, any nation. The power and the glory rests in Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. Yes, He is. 
And the Bible says he will send out his angels. Woo! Oh, with a loud trumpet call. Years ago, I used to play in the band. I tried the trumpet, and that was a tough ordeal. So I switched it to a trombone. But man, did I ever want to go out and find a trumpet and just bring it in this house this morning. Because there's a day coming when there's going to be a clear call from a trumpet from above. Oh, I wait for that trumpet call. They will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Let that trumpet sound. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. So what have we covered this morning? We've covered these points. Your hope is in the coming of the Lord Jesus. We have also covered so that we might know that our citizenship is not located in Levy County or in Dixie County or in the state of Florida or in the United States of America. Your citizenship should be already reserved, marked, so that you as one of the animals, check that out, can make your way onto the ark. Uh. You cannot enter the ark without the blood. Is the blood been applied to your life? <laughs> Citizenship. Well, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And your home is not 1110 Southwest 2nd Avenue. Your home is heaven. <laughs> Last one. Not another scripture. We just read the scripture. Your election has been made sure. Gosh, I want to go on with that. I'm going to close with this. I was sharing with Joshua yesterday. By the way, you know, God is a God of confirmation, church. God is a God of confirmation. Matthew 24, 40 says this. Then two shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. coming of the Lord draws nigh. Please don't be like I used to be and make fun and mock that. Because Jesus is coming again. Well I, went, well, I went to church today. That does not mean one thing. Well, I gave to the Lord over the last six months um, $10,000, $100, $50. It doesn't mean one thing to Him. Well, God, I, I helped people down in South Florida and, and I gave up time and I went out to Cedar Key and, and I, I've done. That doesn't mean one thing. Good works are no match for the sacrifice of God's Son. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Wow. Good works are no match for the sacrifice of God's Son. What mockery in the face of God Almighty to say, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've put up with Pastor Weber and this and that and this and that. Is there not room for me on the ark? No room. Until we recognize the sovereign Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm wondering this morning, but I'm just trying to put incredible dents in everything that the enemy's trying to do in the minds of people who may not even be here but may listen to this on podcast. My good works, my good effort 
And see, I just get marshed when I say good. Because one time they said that to Jesus. And he responded by saying, only God is good. Because we do like to elevate our goodness. But our elevated goodness is nothing in comparison to the sacrifice that Father did. That we might have eternal life and have a rainbow over us. That is written in blood that we can enter the ark of covenant. Are you in that ark today? Are your children in the ark? Position yourself for just a moment about a child or a grandchild or a colleague screaming from hell. Dennis, why didn't you? Kelly, you never said. Robin, I worked with you all those years. You never said anything about the ark. You never said I had to be born again. I'm in hell. Shall we pray? Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.